Welcome to the sermon podcast from North Decatur United Methodist Church, where all are welcomed and included, connected with God and with one another, and sent out in service and invitation to the world. Each week we bring you the most recent sermon from me, Patrick Fallhaber, or from guest preachers. Thank you for listening and subscribing. I myself lit a candle for my grandmother, Carolyn Fallhaber, uh, who died in the midst of this season that we're in where we can't really be with loved ones. We can't really be uh, around one another to offer hugs and uh, even warm smiles. Those are hidden uh, by masks so frequently. Um, It's a season where we can't really grieve well um, because we don't have all of the normal ways to do it together. Uh, We tend to have to do it either on our own or just with a very close number and a very small number of uh, loved ones, which is particularly difficult. That means traveling is hard. It means um, that funerals are just the 10 closest family members that are gathered around. Um, And then we have hope for an opportunity sometime later to be able to celebrate and to be able to mourn and to be able to hold one another. And uh, all of that has been pushed and will continue to be pushed until there is genuine, regular safety for folks in our community to live, um, uh, to to be around one another in order to grieve uh, safely. So we're all sort of stuck in that place. You know, this has been a particularly difficult year. Um, You know, this has been a, a year where North Decatur has lost Uh, more people than it has in a a long time, and lost some really important people uh, who helped shape the church into the community of faith that it is now. You know, many of us would not be here if it weren't for the lives of the people who were just listed a few moments ago by um, Adrian Tyler as Julie lit the candles uh, to honor their memory. You know, there are people who have come through generations before us who have guided our people to this place. Some of us have come from dangerous situations in other countries. Some of us have come from dangerous situations in this country, and we found solace and sanctuary among uh, a group of people trying to do the very best that we can. And when we gather these memories and we gather uh, these histories together, we find that in the midst of all of our diversity, there's a unity that we're held together. And the only way that any or many of us would be friends and know one another is because of the grace of God that meets us in so many unique and diverse settings. It's because of the grace of God that gives us new life even after we thought that life might uh, have come to an end for us. It's the kind of place where, and it's the kind of movement where our our lives are centered and guided by um, an abundantly loving God, which is why the scripture today is so, uh, so interesting, right? Um, if you're just tuning in for the first time, uh, we've spent the last several weeks talking about the book of Exodus, which is a really beautiful story about Uh, the people of God, the chosen people of God, who are descendants of Abraham, uh, who had been reminded of this promise for generations and generations, but somehow they found themselves caught up in in slavery in Egypt, um, in part because of the empire Egypt's 
um, fear of the Israelites growing too strong. And so they end up as enslaved people and they spend generations in slavery until this one child becomes a man, Moses, uh, goes out into the wilderness, has a transformational experience there, and then comes back to help lead the people of God, uh, not only to freedom, but to the land of promise, a life of promise that had been handed to them uh, by generations, time and time and time again. But even though that promise was something that existed for so many years, the people struggled to really believe in that promise. And so the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about how the people of God fail on numerous occasions to, to follow the will of God. They lose sight of what's most important. They start putting... Uh, they start uh, allowing their hunger and their thirst to characterize the way that they interact with one another. And they start even threatening to kill Moses and to abandon God. Um, and that happens throughout the whole book of Exodus. And um, it, more than anything, I think, teaches, it something, teaches us something about ourselves. That when we're put in difficult situations, a lot of times we look to the who's easiest to blame, and the person easiest to blame very often is the one leading the way. So last week we talked about how, um, you know, Moses uh, went up and he got the Ten Commandments, but as soon as he came down from the mountain, he saw that the people of Israel had created a new idol by melting down all of the gold that they had into the shape of a golden calf. And they were worshiping this golden calf under the leadership of Aaron. And, uh, you know, Moses obviously is livid, but God is even more livid and threatens to kill all of the people of Israel and then start over with Moses because he's the only one uh, who's worth it. And then Moses argues on behalf of the people and convinces God that, you know, flawed people are still God's people. And God knows that and says, uh, let's try this again. And so today's passage that Elaine read for us today is the second draft of the Ten Commandments. Um, and not only is it the second draft of the Ten Commandments, it's a moment where um, God, uh, Moses has been begging to see God face to face. You know, Moses says, I know your name. I know who you are. We're close. Like, I just want to see you. I want to know what you look like. And um, this passage is when Moses finally sees the presence of God pass in front of him. So I think there's a lot um, that we can learn here. Um, one, I don't think uh, it's that much of a stretch to say that many of us operate in the world very similarly to the ways that the Israelites did, right? Like we experience hardship, we experience pain, and we look for someone to blame. Um, not only do we look for someone to blame, but we often try to put the power to change our circumstances into our own hands. We take what we have and melt it down and see if we can make something good come out of it rather than taking the more difficult and patient route of stepping back and letting God speak to us. In fact, I'd argue that that is how uh, we, especially in America, but across the world, have bungled this whole COVID-19 thing, right? We were told to sit quiet in very much the same way that the Israelites were told to sit quiet. Um, in the Israelites' case, they were told that they were going to have uh, some new rules given to them and ways to organize their lives. And we also were given some new temporary rules on how we should live our, our lives. And so we had an option, right? We had an option to pursue um, 
uh, care of our neighbor and love for our neighbor and the sort of grace that that would entail, which would mean that we might have to make some more difficult economic decisions. But instead, we, uh, we, we, we put the immediate health needs of our neighbor to the side in order to uh, melt down our gold and pursue uh, a strong economy. And we continue to see the terrible outcome of that. You know, as case numbers continue to climb and we begin to see more and more the way that this pandemic is shaping out to create pain and anguish in our communities. Like, you know, we're in the United States, we're at 230,000 people who've died from COVID-19. Um, of those, almost 8,000 have been Georgians and of those, a little more than 400 have been in DeKalb County. And we, even as a congregation here at North Decatur, have experienced firsthand um, the painful reality of COVID-19. I know we have some who've lost family members and I myself did a funeral for um, Leslie Charles who died of complications related to COVID-19. And it is um, truly heartbreaking um, because as I said, families can't grieve and that's difficult enough when you know that your loved one has lived a full and long life, but it is all the more painful to experience loss when it could have been prevented easily, um, but we just couldn't for some reason um, do that. So I realize that this is kind of a downer and um, I understand that. And I also know that like none of us or none of you are individually responsible. And I hope you know that you're not individually responsible for anything that has happened related to, to COVID. I know many of y'all have been advocates um, for uh, paying attention and pa being patient and slowing down, being at home and taking an opportunity to experience Sabbath and also the pursuit of justice. I, I understand that there are so many of y'all who have been taking this so seriously, but I do think it's important because of the way that the book of Exodus and even the book of Deuteronomy are written that our, our corporate values have an impact on personal, um, on our personal lives. That's how it works. And the, in many ways, I think that's what God is saying when, you know, curses go generation to generation and blessing goes generation to generation. You know, when, when we choose, uh, as, as a community, when we choose selfishness over um, grace and patience and, and an abundance of love and care for our neighbor, that has ramifications down the line. And in the same way, if we choose to care and love our neighbor, that also has ramifications down the line. You know, it's when, you know, when we decide to follow God or not to follow God, uh, that the, the impacts start to roll out. You know, when we follow God, we see that truth and justice and mercy and compassion uh, reign in the world. And when we choose not to follow God, we see that sometimes our bank account uh, gets stronger, but oftentimes we become alienated from our community. We start seeing everybody around us as an enemy, and we start wondering why they, whoever they is, is so terrible. And we end up in these these in every moment we have a choice to go down either fork in the road. Do we pursue the will of God that is for an abundance of love 
for all people? Or do we pursue our own sense of comfort and happiness, which is often very temporary and very temporal? And we, we have those choices that we can make at every moment. And every time we choose ourselves, the divide between us grows deeper and deeper and deeper and wider and wider and wider. And it means that we're no longer able to choose love of our neighbor. It takes hard work to walk back to that fork and then choose God's will again. We have to constantly choose to follow the will and the presence of God, which is... Um, the challenge that's before the Israelites for the rest of their journey, um, and it's what lasts before us as 21st century Christians. Do we follow the, the will of God? Do we follow the example of Christ that was um, self-sacrificial love for the people around him? Or do we follow the um, example of impatient uh, religious folks who uh, tend to put... Um, their own sense of righteousness ahead of the will of God. And if we could learn to ask that question in any situation that we find ourselves in, I know, I know that the world would become a better place and we would be more gracious and we would be more hopeful about the future. But as it stands now, I don't know anybody who is not walking in the world with significant anxiety, whether it's because of the election before us the pandemic that continues to ravage around us, the power loss that so many folks, even in my neighborhood, are wrestling with right now, um, or any of these um, sorts of things. We find ourselves alienated from one another, and it is painful, and it creates anxiety, and it creates depression, because we don't have the human connections that God created us for and the divine connections that God created us for. So I pray on this All Saints Day, as we remember the saints in our lives who have led us to this place that we're in and the ancestors who have carried us uh, to be in this place. I pray that we can live up to their expectations and their example, that as their blessing has poured out to us, we would be a blessing for the next generation as well, allowing space and life and abundance to live fully in their lives as much as it has in ours, and even more so. Um, may our faithfulness breed faithfulness so that faithfulness and goodness and justice and mercy would reign over all things, and for generations, may God's blessing reign on all of us. Thanks so much for listening to this week's sermon from North Decatur United Methodist Church. If you like this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. And if you want to learn more about our church, you can visit us at ndumc.org.